Hello friends, day 39, bar is closed. So we got a little new, unique show for you today. My youngest son, Jabron Burr, has joined us on the show today. Welcome, Jabron. Welcome, thank you. Right on, so we get to have a conversation with somebody else other than myself today, which is fun for me. Some of you who have listened to my other podcast, Mixed Messages, if you haven't, you can go over there and, and hear some conversations that he and I have had on other topics. So this is the first time he's been on this podcast, and we're gonna talk a little bit about you know, what we always talk about, but in this case, you know, booze. Booze, alcohol, behavior, life, maturity, responsibilities, choices, that kind of stuff, right? So I'll kind of kick it off to you initially. You don't drink much. No, I don't drink at all if, if we're talking about alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. Yeah. So how long has that been going on for you? I think I never really got very into alcohol. You know, I never really got to a place where it would be like alcohol versus not alcohol. But I do think probably since shortly becoming an adult was really when I was like, yeah, this isn't really going to be something I'm really going to do. I just, you know, and part of that was actually this idea that it was in my mind, the one thing that brings some temporary joy, but ends up having not joy after <laughs> like you can do so many other things. Not, not that you should, but right, right. there's so many other things if you needed relief that don't give you hangovers that don't have the same consequence yeah exactly this is like a high consequence zone yeah Yeah. that's a good point yeah you know high school you dabbled with it a little bit just like everybody does kind of got you know a little boozy here and there at friends houses or Um, even in my house or anything like that i mean you can be honest i'm being honest right so i i really don't think i did to be honest i I never really caught you i mean i i know that there was some times when i left and i came back and like some of my liquor (laughs) that gave yeah exactly (laughs) right like there was it was water they he he pulled the water thing right it's my brother it was his brother but it was like you know the funny thing was it wasn't gin and water it was like rum and water so it should have been like totally brown booze but it was completely a bottle full of water and i'm like wow this happened underneath my nose but i did that as a kid so it's all good yeah and, you know, growing up, we've done the, you know, you being at mom's house in Park City, me being in New York, and then us being together, and all being in Tampa, and going to Costa Rica, and then you still being living with your mom more. And then, you know, we've had, you've been a dual custody, dual state upbringing. What memories do you have of me drinking? Maybe starting far back, if you have, and what you have, and then maybe, you know, obviously I've drank more recently or more openly during the last couple of years during pandemic at home, right? Do you have any? You know, what's interesting about that is when I think about it, I can think back on certain times in your life where there might have been certain behaviors and just certain ways that I could remember you acting. Or, But I have such a adult future perspective now, so I don't blame you for a lot of it. When I look back on it, I don't remember really ever seeing you drink. I know that being New York lifestyle you know, certain aspects. I remember bar culture and I remember going out and drinking, but I really don't think you ever were very obvious about it, which is probably a a blessing, even when there was certain angers that you were having or certain things that you were going through that you were stressed out that maybe I experienced because of a, a leniency of discipline when you do drink. I'm very fortunate that I never really had the experience of having a dad that was just super obviously drinking in my environment. Yeah, and I grew up with that, obviously, right? And others do, right? It's a thing. Tank tops and (laughs) yellow 
<laughs> the wife beater. Stained tank tops, you <laughs> know. Mustard stained wife beater, drinking dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you didn't have that. But you said, though, there's probably like, now that you've seen me a little on the boozy side, you could probably like kind of go back and go, oh, that's kind of what dad was like, you know, maybe that one time or something. Like the behavior looked similar, so you could piece it together. Is that what you meant? Or I meant certain behaviors that maybe I would have just taken as you being aggressive. Oh, uh-huh. I can now recognize different influences like whether that be things that you were going through because it, back at the time there was times where you were hard on me right yeah of course you know and i was very sensitive in general so i mean frankly i'm still blessed and <laughs> yeah, yeah so i'm yeah. still blessed compared to a lot of a lot of kids yeah 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 but, for but you know it's just different now because now i can correlate certain behaviors maybe in my memories to oh maybe there was drinking involved Mm, exactly because back then that was never something i was aware of i didn't yeah because you know you didn't drink so much in front of me so as a kid i wouldn't know that that would have been a part of anything that's just drinking again or whatever no that wasn't you so yeah which i want to say there's something very interesting about that in the sense that like you know it's also you know, I'd mentioned it in a previous show, right? It's like, you know, I kind of kept that from my children in a lot of ways or, you know, mm. chose when to do it when you weren't around, right? And so yeah. in some ways there was proper mature discretion, but in other ways it's, if I'm keeping it, then also I'm, then I am maybe in a drinking moment and I am being more aggressive because I am stressed out and my son is experiencing that, but doesn't know how to make the difference between whether or not it's me drinking or not drinking. This is just dad, right? Yeah, And that's where like a lot of people who are alcoholics and relationships with people, they're like, oh, I know what they're like when they're drunk and it's different than what they're really like. And so we make all kinds of concessions for them because that's just them drinking, right? Where what happens when you don't know and the person's right. acting that way, but they're drinking, but you don't know. So that's one thing, right? Is yeah. kind of like the, is the knowledge better or not? Now kind of switching gears on that a little bit, we've talked about this and this is, we've been able to use the language a little bit since then is potion and poison. Yeah. Right. And there's times when you and I were doing some spiritual work together, kind of getting through some things. And I was, you know, you look like I was going for a drink, but this is when I was doing some of my non-alcoholic stuff. Right. And you're like, Hey dad, maybe now's not the time for the potion. Right. Like you, you used the language, which I thought was cool. And I said, Oh, this is non-alcoholic wine. So no potion. And you're like, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. What does potion and poison mean to you now, especially from what we've related it to and how would you address it? Potion and poison. So what's interesting is Kind of where I'm at now is I actually use more elixir and poison. I hardly ever use poison because I guess so here's how I would explain it. It's the same thing. And then the difference is not whether or not it's a potion or a poison. It's whether or not you're going to use it as a potion or use it as a poison. So to me, kind of alcohol is just elixir. That's just kind of how I look at it. And then it's whether or not you want to really get involved in it or do it or whatever. So to kind of answer my perspective on that, it comes down to a lot of self-discipline. It comes down to a lot of what you're going through personally, intuition, and you can't really act like alcohol isn't an elixir. In a lot of ways, you have to know that it's a fine line. And I think some people can handle that fine line better than others, but it's like you can't make something about it being white and black when it's gray. It's just gray, you and know? And it's individual to everybody and all that, right? Yeah. yeah, but to your point, like when you're going in, you're going in, right? Like you know, if you're gonna take part of the elixir, you're going in, right? And really the question is, you know, like you said, will the elixir bring moments of, of a potion experience or will it bring poison experience? That's kind of how we relate to it. I love that. So 
Now you've kind of gotten ahead of this non-alcoholic culture from my perspective, and I'm seeing it a lot more in my age group because many of people at my age and maybe one generation below are coming out of COVID as well saying, holy moly, I was stuck at home. I drank a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you guys are growing up in this pandemic in a way, but you've gotten to the kava bar thing down in Florida, right? And, a little and, bit. And just in kind of relating to it and seeing what they're doing and kind of alternate elixirs that aren't alcohol. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so I don't want to, to come across too much as if I'm overly supportive of anything. I think kind of a lot of it has to do with, as we've talked about personal balance and what works with someone and what doesn't work with someone and things like that. Kava to me was so pretty much I wasn't drinking, you know, I wasn't doing any of that. I wasn't doing marijuana or really any drugs. One of these days, I think I was hanging out with my friend and my friend brought me to this kava bar. We just kind of hung out and I found that with kava for me personally, if I'm willing to relax and I'm willing to hang out and be in the moment, and I have a little bit of kava involved, it doesn't force anything. Like marijuana will force your cognitive ability to be impaired. It'll force the reaction. Kava, to me, didn't force it. Rather, it just kind of helped me communicate more openly, be a bit more relaxed, be a bit more social. So to me, it became a thing where like whenever my friends would come up from out of town, we would go to the the kava bar, drink a little bit of kava. And we were able to, by the end of the night, get to moments of comfort and just leniency and, and just relaxation with each other that allowed us to enjoy a moment more than really anything that we could have done if maybe we weren't as extra relaxed. Yeah, or like you were, you know, three drinks in and now the whole mood changed because you're all boozed up, right? Like this is a subtle, the kava is a root, as I understand it, and it's made into these drinks. These are non-alcoholic drinks. But like you're to point, like you get to go out, be in lifestyle, be around music, be around people, be around ambiance, be yeah. around aesthetic, be social, be intaking some kind of elixir, but not getting boozed or drunk, maybe even getting more mellow and aware is that sound right yeah and actually just to add as well that's a good point that you brought that up because the kava bar that i went to was kind of this downtown environment kava bar and the entire focus is different than a bar actually it's a kava bar but in actuality you go in there and there's couches and board games and jenga and the whole point of it is genuinely to just be in good energy and be in good vibe and be relaxed. And I think that not only does it react differently to like, let's say a wine or the way the alcohol reacts, but it really was a different culture. Like a lot of the artists would hang out there. I love that. Well, we got to keep it short today. I hope you'll come back. Okay. Um, any advice to me on booze? I mean, you've, you've seen me in and out and all the way around or just in general. Any booze advice? Well, it's kind of hard to give the man himself advice. <laughs> I mean, you got the bars closed podcast. And that's fun. You know, I would say when it comes to alcohol and it comes to anything, I had a little bit of a vegan moment for a little bit where I was like, okay, I really want to respect what I'm eating and I don't want to eat meat unless I know more about kind of what's going on. And I ended up being vegan because I could never figure out eggs and where that stood in my moral thing. And at first, I thought that I was missing out on a bunch of things like, oh, you're missing out on the cookies or this or that or the dairy and the eggs. 
But what happens and what surprised me was I felt so much better every single time I could have something that was vegan that I thought I would never be able to eat again than I was ever eating anything that I was taught to enjoy to begin with. And as I changed my diet, I didn't even really like the same things that I used to like as much before. So my advice is just, if there's something that you know isn't right for you, stick with it because life isn't as much about whether or not you get to enjoy some or don't get to enjoy something as much as you think because sometimes if you really stick with not doing something, you can definitely find something else that maybe works in in a way that you would have enjoyed. Like for me, it was vegan quesadillas. I never thought I'd be able to eat a quesadilla again, but it was healthier. It was more delicious. It was organic. It was good. And so that's just my advice is like, don't give up just because you think you're going to miss out. It's actually better if you don't give up and then you don't miss out. It's like double the best. Double the best. I love it. Awesome, son. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Ciao.